Good morning. This is The Breakfast Club. I'm Noel McCullough here with Jake Bayless and Don Bonner. Today we're going to be talking about regular season recap, breakout players, the pros and cons of a bye week, how the team, how the team has improved, and we're going to talk a little bit about our sectional draw. So, Jake, if you want to get us right into our regular season recap. So, you know, we just finished our regular season up. Great season. We finished 7-2. and two. You know, some of our, our greatest wins were against Elkhart and New Prairie. Both conference games, both games that we had to battle in, our whole team had to fight, and, and ultimately those games were, were huge for our, our season and what we stand for this year. So to add to that, we also won the NIC outright um, for the first time in five years. So that was something that meant a lot to our players and coaching staff. So we're super excited about that too. Yeah, one thing I'd like to add about Game against Elkhart, coming out on top there was a huge turning point in the season. We realized that we, we got away with a win, but we realized that we had a lot of work to do. So practice started getting more serious after that point, I feel like. Being a, being a solo holder of the NIC is huge for the seniors and the coaches. It's huge for us juniors and sophomores too, but the seniors, I mean, you could tell how much it meant to them. It's true. Uh, for, for a senior class to go out winning conference for the first time that, that a senior class hasn't done since, since what, 2017, I think that's just that's huge for our seniors. Moving on, we're going to talk about some defensive breakout players this season. I think one would have to be cornerback Vince. He has two picks, two fumble recoveries, he's made big plays, and he's kind of shut down his side of the field. Also, the D-line has been huge. They've been getting plenty of QB pressures. They've been uh, not letting the ball get ran right through their gap. That leads with Wally, Sam, RC, and Rylan. They've Rylan has stepped up this year being a junior, and the rest of them have been seniors, and they've held their job and done, made some great plays. Also, I'd like to talk about the linebacker group. They just re they fly around. we got Treber. He's third year here starting. He's sh his experience is showing this year, and he's passed it off to Jackson and Tommy, and they're, they're just as good. They're... They're flying around, even though they're juniors. They're making big plays, making big hits, and that goes back to Lynch, Lupa, and Taylor Bauer. They're all they're all making hits, making plays. It's just it's fun to see a group like that run around. Yeah, and I think they all kind of play for each other, and they all fly to the ball and make gang tackles, and it's really cool to see how physical we can be on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's a huge part of our team as a whole. Next, we're going to talk about some of the offensive breakout players. Starting off, I got to go with Elijah Coker. He's he didn't start the first couple of weeks, but he really stepped up, showed it one day in practice, and Coach liked what he saw, and he's made some great plays throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I'll ever forget the, the one day in practice when, I mean, this guy was a three and just absolutely head-tapped two guys, I think, and, and from that point on, this guy was just placed into the starting lineup, so that's really cool to see, to see a story like that. Yeah, and also senior receiver DJ White, he's stepped up, he's... He's a guy to go on third and down when you need when you need the yards. He knows how to get open. He knows he can catch the ball. He's reliable. Love having him on my side of the ball. I think him and Gage Grouse are just great targets to throw to. Yeah, another thing about Gage, uh, especially myself being a running back, having someone like Gage and, and Cole Bennett too, just protecting me like that. And, and I told him yesterday, actually, like they're the nicest people, I think. Like one of the nicest people on the team, it's crazy. And, and they're so physical, and they will absolutely run guys off the field. And it's so nice to have that in front of you, in addition to the offensive line. But that is just that's a huge part of it is those tight ends and H's. Um, I think from like, well, you guys are in the game, but while I'm watching you guys on the sideline, I think you guys are just like so much more improved from last year. And it's like, especially you, Jake, and uh, JoJo, you guys is like one-two punch. I think it's like got to be the best, in my opinion, around in this area. So I think it's fun. And you have the offensive line to thank like Auden, Sahib, and 
Huffman. So I think you guys are just fun to watch, and it's fun to you know see you guys succeed. Yeah, it's it's hard to stop a team when your running back one puts up 100 yards, and then you got JoJo coming in, putting up 100 yards too. And Jake gets tired. Jake, something happens to you. You go down. JoJo's right there to go in. Right. It is a it is a great situation. I appreciate it, guys. And uh, just picking up where Dom left off with the O line, having the big, having uh, Auden to Hib and Huff in the middle. Having Auden at center is just a game changer. I mean, like he's he moves people. Auden, Auden to Hib and Huff, they all move people. And you got Doug and Nevin on the outsides, but just the middle presence is so strong this year. Yeah, I, I think it. I mean, like you said, having a guy as big as Auden and and Sahib and Huff are just as big. Just being an absolute dominant force. I mean, I remember when Auden first came here and and he texted me he was going to come. How thrilled I was. And and for him to just be a junior too and play the way he's playing is is absolutely insane. So and then Nevin and Doug are are so athletic and are just great at what they do. And then I'd like to talk about Grant Mallory just for a second he's as much credit as he doesn't get he's I mean he's made almost every extra point punting the ball he's turning the field it's just it's so huge to us and nobody realizes it but Grant has done a great job this year stepping up 100%. and he needs to continue in the postseason so uh, moving on we're gonna talk a little bit about how the Penn football team has improved a lot since the beginning of the season but I think this is kind of a trend for Penn football we usually tend to get hot at the right time I think at the beginning of the year, started off with Valpo, obviously great defining win there, beat Portage bad, and then and then you step right into Cathedral and St. Xavier, you know, two absolute powerhouse teams. You ultimately lose those games, but you come back and you go 5-0 and in the NIC, and I think that's just the definition of finishing the season off strong, getting out at the right time. And not only did you win the NIC, but you won the NIC outright, and you beat up every single team, except the Elkhart game, which you showed absolute determination and will to win that game in a comeback in a comeback style uh yeah i would agree i think uh some of this go on that goes under radar is like when you see our record the past two years like from the beginning like two and two oh and four people just assume like we're not that good but i don't think people realize how hard it is to play two powerhouse teams and then i think playing those powerhouse teams that um our coach's schedule just makes it that's way better for when we come in and I see and we kind of like roll through it usually but yeah I think a big part offensively a big part of uh, the team improving is our old line how they're blocking the coaches have the right scheme for them they're not they're not doing stuff that their uh, ability doesn't allow them to do they're doing things that they can do and that involves just downfield moving people and I think that's a big part of our big part of our offense is our run game and seeing that improve over the NIC is just huge. So another big thing that's going on right now is we're actually in our bye week. So we're going to talk about some of the pros and cons of that. So yes, you do stay healthy, and it's really good for preparation. So if you're going into your bye week healthy, you're probably going to come out here bye week healthy, and that's the goal there. And there's a lot of time to prepare. So that's that's another big part of it. But some of the other cons of that is the other team deals with the same things. They have a bye week too. They get pros, they get preparation, their team stays healthy. But at the end of the day, I think it's, it's all about who uses their time and and uh, prepares the best of their abilities. And then another thing is that it's hard to stay hot. So like a team like us, you know, on a five-game win streak, we're going on a bye week, and it's kind of hard to stay hot through that. It's kind of hard to take a week off and come right back and win in the same exact way that you did the last five weeks. Another pro, it goes both ways, but for our team, if we got some guys that are banged up from the week before and they're not sure if they can make the next Friday, well, then they get the Friday off. Right. And they have, instead of having five days to recover they have 
like 11 or 12 or something like that and that's just that's just huge both so you're not playing on a hurt leg or your arm's sore or you're playing like 100 percent healthy so it really comes down to who's the better team it doesn't come it doesn't come down to who has the better player that's out all right so um we drew carol for our first game and on the well what i know about the offense is that they love to throw the ball they're heavy throwing the ball type of team they have a sophomore quarterback he's pretty good their receivers are really good. They have a receiver with, like, 15-plus touchdowns, his main target. So it's going to be a challenge playing because we played mostly run teams, you know, throughout the season. And so I think this season or this game will be a good challenge for the DB crew in the back. But I think our linebackers and our D linemen are going to have a good day and a field day. So if we do our job, I think we'll have a good chance on keeping their offense unexplosive like they've been all season. Right. And I think another thing to add to that is, like you said, we've played teams – on the defensive side of the ball that run the ball. I mean, for us on the defense, we, we play teams that run the ball a lot. This is more like an air raid style, correct? Yes. Yeah. Is, is what we're going against here. So I think that's a big part of it. That's really cool. And just seeing how our coaches can adjust to a run style defense versus an air raid style attack. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, for sure. And a big part about the sectional draw, drawing Carroll at home. Do you guys want to talk yeah. a little bit about the advantages of playing at home? Jay Collier, you get started on that. I think playing at home is probably one of the most important things in a in a big football game. I just think there's nothing like playing in front of the in, in front of your your home fans at Freed Field and just having everyone there and, and having a whole theme and just having your students there and your buddies and and all your parents come out and support. I think that's definitely a huge deal. Especially, especially in a sectional matchup in a game as big as this. Yeah, um, one thing I like to add about that is people often think that just because it's not a college game, um, you look at the Tennessee-Bama game last week, Tennessee had a huge crowd. Everyone was orange. They flooded the field after a big win. Just because it's not college or pro home game doesn't mean there's still a home, home field advantage. Um, it's hard to get on a bus and drive an hour, over an hour away to a field you never played on before. Um, you see the stands on the visiting side are small. You're like, oh, we're not going to have a lot of fans. Their fans are loud. Uh, when we went to St. X, their um, student section was the best student section I've seen. You could tell they were they were changing how the game played. It would not, might not have been by a lot, but they were changing how it was played. And I just think that's it's huge being here at home, um, having the advantages like that. All right, and on the other side of the sectional is Warsaw versus Elkhart. Again, two winning streak teams, both with a record of 7-2. and two. Do we like a blind draw, or would we rather have seeding, guys? I do not. I've been an advocate of not having a blind draw. I think if you put in the work to be a good team, then you should, it should be seeded. Like, and then if, like, you win, if we had the most, like, say, between us and Carroll, like, we'd be 1-2, and two, and then we get to have home field advantage against who we play. I don't think, like, I get a blind draw to be like, oh, it's, like, not fair. Like, it's fair for anybody to be anywhere like whatever because it's not like a college sport but i still think we should have seating because it's like i like that system better i agree with you and and i another thing i kind of you know oppose about the sectional seating is how at the beginning of the year we know that three of the teams in our section are, are possibilities for who, who we could play in the postseason so really how our season goes i almost feel like doesn't even determine who we play in the postseason at all i mean we have a seven and two season and then have to play a, a top ranked team in the state which is, um, it's, it's not ideal. Yeah, a team like Carroll, they go undefeated, and they get to play, uh, they get to travel here to Penn exactly. and play yeah. against a good team. And by the way, we're the only sectional in 6A that has four 
teams with a winning record. Right. And it's not like it's a five and four winning record. It's seven it's, and two. Uh, seven and two for three teams and undefeated for one team. Yeah, it's insane. Okay, so we are going to wrap it up from here. Thank you so much for tuning into the Breakfast Club. We play Carol on October 28th at 7:30 p.m. at home at Freed Field. Please come out and support us. It would be awesome. Um, once again, from Jake Bayless, Dominic Bonner, and Nolan McCullough, this is the Breakfast Club. <laughs>